We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Along with Vince, I'm Sean. There he is. <laughs> that was uh, that was more frustrating than it needed to be. This is what happens when you go away for the weekend and you, you come back. And the crazy thing, I was sitting here thinking about it while I was waiting on you. You <laughs> set it all up in your in your hotel room in Cincinnati, and it worked fine on Friday, right? Had no problems whatsoever. And then I go to yeah. reset it up here at the house, and of course. Uh, as somebody else said in the chat that I waited until the last second. Yes, that's accurate. I waited the last five minutes before the show, uh, but it did not, uh, didn't do what it was supposed to do. And it was very annoying. Yes. Yes. This is, this is Vince D'Addario, by the way, in case you haven't met him before. This is, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> last, it's me. Last, last second Vince is what we need to start calling you. <laughs> that's all right it's a name it's a name that i've i have um i i own it i own it because that's who i am i know the soccer team didn't do as well as you guys wanted in cincinnati was father's day at least <laughs> a good one i know um, you had to drive you had to drive for part yeah. of it anyway so so i got a father's day a happy father's day from my son because we were literally sharing a king-size bed so that was uh very easy for him right I got text messages from my, let's see, two of my daughters and my wife. My one daughter completely forgot. And then my youngest son, who's eight, said Happy Father's Day by the time I drove all the way home from Cincinnati. <laughs> so Man. 80%, I guess that's not bad. I don't you know. You were high on everybody's list, huh? Yeah, seriously. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Daughter... And wife and I went out to breakfast yesterday, a little, little Father's Day breakfast. We did that. Of course, my son, uh, he and his girlfriend decided that Father's Day weekend was uh, <laughs> the time to do a little uh, do a little getaway trip, celebrating their third year dating anniversary. So they are uh, they're out That's in West Virginia them. someplace. Yeah. Interesting. Like, like camping out, like in the woods? No, kind of I, I think oh, they did okay. like an Airbnb. And they just, I i don't know. I, I still don't understand Jeez. why West Virginia. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. He's supposed to be on the show tomorrow. So, okay. He, he actually got me these headphones. I got a new pair of headphones. I'm not nice. My jury's out on him a little bit. I can hear okay. you fine, 
like when I talk, yeah, I'm not getting the same volume that I yeah, used to get. Yeah, so you can play with that though in the settings. You can get in there, can you, you can kind of adjust the input output with actual the actual headphones. I had to mess with that for quite a while before I found something. Because I blame okay. you. I have to be able to hear myself. It's the radio it's, thing. Like you have to be is. able to hear yourself. People, some people don't care about that kind of a thing. I I have to be able to hear myself. Let me turn this up here and see output volume. A little bit better. Talk, say something here to me real quick. Uh, can you hear what I'm saying, yeah. Mr. Sean Styers? See, like, I hear you at about the same, okay. but I, I'm still not hearing myself that great. I don't no. know. Nobody no. cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> no, they don't <laughs> at all. Hey, a couple quick baseball notes. Interesting one. Chuck Ristano who left yeah. with Link Jarrett. He was oh, a longtime Notre Dame baseball assistant under both Mick Aoki and Link Jarrett, pitching coach for a long time. His wife, Lizzie, was uh, a softball assistant coach for a long time. Huh. Chuck went with Link to Florida State this past season, and he was just named the Navy head baseball coach over the weekend. I didn't know so, that was something that he – I mean, obviously – most assistant coaches aspire to being a head coach. Right. But it's always interesting to see the coaches that kind of go to that, you know, academy route. Because that's yeah. that's just a different ball game uh, than, you know, going your normal route, I would say, to D1 baseball. For sure. And for sure. Recruiting is, is an interesting uh, situation when you're mm -hmm. at the Naval Academy. Obviously, everybody there is on scholarship, even right. the non-athletes. But it definitely narrows the pool of kids that you can recruit. So it's, sure. it's interesting. You know, like this isn't going to happen very often, but the uh, LSU's best pitcher, his last name is Skeens. I can't yes. think of his first name. With the he stash. actually, he yeah, he came from Air Force. He transferred from oh, Air really? Force. And, uh, you know, it doesn't happen very often, obviously, but he's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft, you know, here. How did he get out of his, years. like, you know, because when you start, you sign up for – X amount of years after you graduate. Well, and we had the Navy guy on a few, you know, a few weeks ago. And I'm sure it's, it's obviously the same because it's an Academy sure. saying, I think like once you get like your second year or something like that, you have the option where you can just uh, opt out kind of thing. So that Aloha Gilman comes to mind. What he did. Yeah, exactly. Alohi obviously transferred. So, yeah. So uh, congratulations to Chuck. I just kind of thought that came out of the blue, you know, you yeah. leave, and after they had been here for so long and, and went to Florida State, but uh, the head coach now at the Naval Academy. That's awesome. So really interesting. Place. He is an East Coast guy. He's from like, you know, Jersey, New York. You know, he went to Monmouth, you know, in New Jersey and all that. Okay. So maybe maybe getting a little bit closer to home even yeah. was appealing. I don't know. Uh, just very interesting going the uh, Naval Academy route for Chuck Ristano. And then a name that we're all familiar with. <sighs> this one hurts. This one popped up, and I was like, are you kidding me? Paul Maneri, who, of course, led Notre Dame to the College World Series in 2002, had just retired two years ago at LSU. He has interviewed for the head coaching vacancy at Miami. <laughs> so that, as a Notre Dame baseball fan, it bothers me because – it would have been nice if he came back to Notre Dame. I'm yeah, just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. This time first last year. Thought, first thing I thought, you know, there was a vacancy here last he year. He would have been welcome with open arms. You know, yeah. no, no, nothing against Stifler or anything like that. But, I mean, who wouldn't have wanted him back? 
You know what I mean? Like that, I know. that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that, because I know people asked him about it last year and he's like, ah, I'm just not going to, I'm not ready to get back in. It's not really something I want to do. And then now a year later, he's interviewing for a job. It's like, no. Yep. At, at Miami. And he grew up in Miami. His dad, Doc Maneri, Hall of Fame junior college um, coach at, I believe it was Miami Dade junior college down, you know, down there. And, um, Paul went to Christopher Columbus High School. His first coaching job was for Jim Hendry at at uh, right. St. Thomas University, you know. And then he actually went to Air Force after that, and then Notre Dame, LSU, and so. But but it, you know, he grew up in Miami, so it's really his hometown, you know. So it would be like going back home once again for Paul Maneri if this ends up happening, and we would get to see him maybe every couple years if he comes through Notre Dame, but it would stink to see Paul. This was like Miami. Miami was like the first college baseball team I remember just despising. I did not like Miami at all. So, And if you're Miami, how do you not go with a former national champion if he wants your job? Like, how how do you go a different direction? I guess. Hard to turn that down. Hard to turn that down. (sighs) I don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, Derek says a lot can change when you're sitting at a home unemployed. I mean, he got out because he, he's been unemployed he had, for a while. Well, he had neck surgery, and that's, you know, he was having a really hard time with it and just, you know, decided to get out and I know he's feeling better now, you know, and, and, you know, again, there was at least some, you know, feigning interest in the Notre Dame job last year. It just didn't work out. I really, if he's getting back in coaching, this is, this is where I think we all would love to have seen him. Absolutely. Come to. Absolutely. But you know, I ultimately, of course you want him to be happy. I know you guys are friends and all that and you, you know, all, but man, it's just, it's going to be painful to see him in a Miami uniform. Hard to on, stomach Miami in the other dugout. That's going to be painful because they're going to be good too. If he's there, they're going to of be. Of course, really they good. are. So, yep. 
I mean, he's only 65, so he's, you know, he's got, he's got some time left. I, yeah, just not excited about Miami for him. <laughs> for, uh, you know, selfishly. Yeah, but, right. But uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little Notre Dame football. Of course, the Irish got the, the tight end commitment over the weekend. Nate Roberts, four-star tight end as they continue to rack them up. You know, as I'm sitting here looking at the chat before we start, you know, there's all kinds of discussion going on about Powell. And I know uh, Scott Scudder has uh, vehemently been against Powell and, you know, all that <laughs> different stuff. But this this blue chip ratio is, is really something that has kind of caught my interest here. You know, like, They've got two commitments now in the 2025 class. Both of them are four-star guys. They got Davy and Dixon as well, another four-star. Um, you know, we're not recruiting experts. Neither one of us has ever claimed to be recruiting experts. And I don't know how familiar you are with this whole blue chip ratio. Personally, it's a term that I've really only kind of picked up on in the last year or so. But again, it's... It's interesting. It's the percentage of four and five star recruits that a team gets in a given class. And when you when you break it down, and we're going to break it down and kind of compare it to where some other schools are around the country in the blue chip ratio. I just think it's really interesting. Vince, what do you think? It is very interesting, but it's a nice way to just compute the top end of things and where they land. I mean, yes, you have your your recruiting rankings and all of those things, and you can take take or leave those. I think the the formulas are a little strange, if I'm being honest, because it doesn't take into account fit it, at the school that you're actually recruiting that class to. And right. I, think, I think that's got to be part of it, right? I mean, you you can go out and get three five-star quarterbacks. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to help your team. You know what I mean? You can get um, seven middle linebackers who are all really good. That doesn't mean it's going to be a good team, right? I think fit has a lot to do with it, and I don't think that's right. taken into account when you look at these team rankings. Uh, and I know Brian's a big proponent of that as well. So yes, I think the stars and all of that, it's 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 a it's one of the things that you can look at. But at the end of the day, watching these guys on film is where you're gonna either get one over or not, or, or you know, however. But I think this index is interesting because look, it, you know, the four and five star guys out there are either they're usually it's usually usually there's a consensus, right? I mean, usually those top guys now it, there's there's going to be some differences and some things of that nature, obviously. Um, but I think the four and five stars, those are the really good guys, and I don't exactly. think there's a whole lot of argument to that. Maybe is one guy a five, one guy's a four, you know, some splitting hairs type stuff. Uh, and I understand that, uh, but I think this is a good index, and I think it's very interesting to see where Notre Dame lies and where they fall in comparison to other schools. I, I had not heard of this, if I'm being honest, until you brought it up uh, <laughs> in preparation for the show, but I have since dug into it, and I think the whole thing is pretty interesting. Yeah, I do too. And again, like when you, you know, when you start breaking it down, you know, like the example, again, it's it's your your number of four, the percentage of four and five stars you have. In a, in a class. So, for example, Notre Dame currently has 19 commits in the 2024 class. 13 of them are four stars, according to 24-7. And again, like depending on which service you look at, the, the percentages are going to differ a little bit because, as you were just saying, some might have, you know, a given guy as a four, some might have him as a five. But if you right. just look at this as an example, 
13 out of 19. That's 68%. That's that's a solid number that you're yeah. sitting on right now. And again, we're going to we'll look at what the other schools like the elite schools across the country have, you know, 68% even though it might not be 80% where like Alabama is, for example, it is still when you look at the entirety of the country, 68% blue chip ratio is an elite number. No doubt about it. And and the the point that is made, you know, in a lot of the stuff that I was reading today is just because you have a high percentage doesn't mean you're going to win a national championship. Right. But those that have won a national championship have a high have percentage. Them. Right. The exceptions being Clemson's two national championships. They right. won a championship with, I think it was a 61 or 62% and a 52%. But of course, what set Clemson apart in those two national championship seasons is they had generational quarterbacks. They had Trevor Lawrence one time. They had right. Deshaun Watson the other. <laughs> both of them playing in the NFL right now, you know, and that's, that's kind of where, what we've talked about with Notre Dame, like, like even where Notre Dame was in their college football playoff seasons, if they had a Trevor Lawrence or a Deshaun Watson at quarterback that elevates the right, you know, you have an elite quarterback that pushes you up and it probably gives you a much better, not probably it does give you a much better, you know, so to your point, you know, it's, it's not just the numbers that you have having them at certain positions still helps you out more than others as well. No, absolutely. And, and, and that's why everybody's so excited about this class coming up is because they have that elite quarterback. I yeah, mean, he, I just, he's elite. Go ahead. I, yeah, I want I, to address I, this because Scott, <laughs> Scott is like, Scott is going off on everybody right now. It's not elite if it's below 80%. Well, let me, let me, let me tell you what the rest of the nation is right now. Okay. So Alabama's number one at 90%. Ohio state is number two at 85%. Georgia is number three at 77%. So where, where's the elite cutoff? Texas A&M, 73%. Clemson at 72%. And this is, this is the last four years. It's not just, you know, one year, you know, right. it's not just last year. This is a four-year total that I'm talking about. LSU is 71%. Texas and Oklahoma both at 70%. Notre Dame sitting at 65% for a four-year stretch. And the caveat with Notre Dame at 65% is you go back to, you know, Marcus Freeman only goes back three years. And since Marcus Freeman is when the number has gotten into the 60s because pre-Marcus Freeman, it was sitting in the 50s consistently. But, you know, again, like then you look after Notre Dame, Florida, Michigan, Penn State, Miami, Auburn, USC just moved up to 52%. So where's where's the differentiator between what is elite and what's not? I mean, is it only Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State sitting up there in the 80s or 90s? I would contend. And really, you know, again, this like this blue chip ratio, Bud Elliott is the guy who came up with it uh, like 10 years ago, I believe it was. Like He's saying that this group of teams that I just rattled off there in the percentages, they're legitimately the only teams that have a chance to win a national championship because they fall into this blue chip ratio. So even if you're not at 70%, if you're in the top 15 and what he's saying is, you know, you basically, you've got to have this, this, his, his whole, he's written articles the last couple of years on it. If you're not in this group, you don't have a chance to win a national championship like TCU, 
went to the college football playoff last year. Cincinnati, the year before that, they were nowhere near, you know, this this upper echelon right. and blue chip <laughs> ratio. They're they're basically one offs. Like you can get to the playoff just like Notre Dame did two times, but Notre Dame was sitting in the fifties at that point. Like you can get to the playoff, but to actually have a chance to win it, you have to be among the elite. So, like, would you consider Notre Dame's, you know, hedging sitting just below 70%? Do you consider it elite or do you have to be, do you think in this upper, upper echelon of this group that we're talking about, Vince, to be considered elite blue chip ratio? You know, I don't, of course you want to get the best recruits that are out there, but you also, I mean, this is Notre Dame. This isn't Alabama. This isn't Georgia. You still have to get the best fit for your program. And we all know that Marcus Freeman has raised the bar from recruiting. I mean, yes, the, the percentages don't don't lie. He's still swinging for the fences on these five-star, high four-star guys, whereas the last regime wasn't doing that. They were settling for a lot of three-stars because they knew that they could get those guys in and they knew that those guys would say yes and they weren't going to get turned down by those guys. And they're swinging for a lot more fences now that Marcus Freeman is here you're going to start landing those guys, you know? I mean, you know, what, what's the saying? You uh, you miss on 100% of the shots that you don't take, right? I mean, that that was, in a nutshell, that's Brian Kelly recruiting to me. And Marcus Freeman isn't doing that. He's taking those shots. Are there going to be some disappointments in there? Yeah, there's going to be some disappointments in there. Okay, I'm okay with that because there's also going to be uh, hits in there as well. And there's still right. a lot of big fish out well, there in the 24 class that is going to up that percentage really fast. The 24 and the 25 is just getting started. And again, they've started off with a pair of four stars. And, right. you know, again. Which would be a 100% like, hit rate, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Like the last there. three classes Notre Dame has is right around 70%. You know, but like this 24-7 that covers the last four years, it goes back to when Brian Kelly was here. So the number is down a little bit. So. If you continue at the rate that you're sitting at right now, they're probably going to be pushing 75% a year, you know, a year from now, assuming the 25 class continue it basically assuming everything that Marcus Freeman has done continues at the rate that it's going. Now, yeah. you're you're going to get some three stars here and there because there're going to be some, you know, guys you identify. You're still going to have some threes, even Alabama and Georgia have threes you know they're they're not taking fours and fives across the board you're still going to have some threes in there that's why it's a percentage that's why you still see 90 percent for alabama you know that's now 10 percent is a low number of threes to have on your roster obviously sure. but again like the direction notre dame is going in over the last three years the previous three years notre dame had a 52 percent blue chip ratio before these last three years. So the last three, they're sitting at around 70, 71%. The three prior to that, they were at 52%. So you can't tell me they're not going in the right direction right now. Absolutely. They're going in the right direction. And on top of that, they're getting, I'm sorry. And I don't care what anybody else says. CJ Carr is a blue chip quarterback. He's a blue chip quarterback. He's a top level quarterback. They got that guy. And guess what? He elevates everything and makes everything better especially offensively, this this offensive class that Notre Dame is bringing in is elite. This is an elite offensive class that Notre Dame is bringing in in the 24 class. That's not a fluke. It's because they got C.J. Carr, and guys want to go where good quarterbacks go. So you can say whatever you want. 
about this year's defensive class. I know that's apparently Scott's bugaboo. And he also says Harry Heastan's a terrible recruiter, which is hilarious to me because <laughs> he you could basically put together a Pro Bowl roster right. of offensive Harry linemen Heastan that Harry Heastan has put in the NFL. But, you know, he's a lazy recruiter, even though he recruited all of those guys. So, But whatever. It's all good. Um, well, there's, there's a difference between not liking right. recruiting and being a lazy recruiter. And right. Harry Heastan didn't like recruiting. That didn't mean that he wasn't a good recruiter still. He exactly. still went out and got the job done. He narrowed down the guys that he wanted. He went and got those guys, and they came to Notre Dame. I, Harry Heastan didn't get turned down very often, I, I just so everybody's aware of that. Now, he didn't hand out 37 scholarships to offensive linemen because he knew the four, five, six, seven guys that he wanted, and he went out and got them. So whatever. It, it's whatever. Sometimes you can't change the mind of somebody who already has their mind made up, and that's fine. Um, but no, I, I, I think that, uh, that everything is heading in absolutely the right direction for Marcus Freeman, both on, on both sides of the ball, by the way. Yes. The defensive class right now is below what it was last year. Okay. I get that. They're also stacked at a lot of positions where there's not a whole lot of room for movement right now. And there's going to be some ebbs and flows in recruiting. You can continue to bring in a bunch of four and five star guys on defense, they're going to leave because they're not all going to play. So there's that to be thought of as well. So, again, it's how does the class fit with the classes that are already here on campus? That's something right. that has to be taken into account. And you have to keep stacking classes on top of each other. And that's Absolutely. exactly what Marcus Freeman and his guys have been doing. You know, like there's an article that Brian has up about Chancey Stuckey in the wide receivers room. And just look in the short amount of time that Chancey Stuckey has been here at what they've done with that room look in the short amount of time right. that Dila McCullough has been here what they've done with that room you know now are there still some some question spots on the roster sure they and and they have to be addressed oh you know what what really I, I think what a lot of us are waiting to see with Marcus Freeman because of what he said about recruiting the minute he walked in the door that if you're going to be on the staff you have to prioritize recruiting and you've got to be all sure. in on recruiting I, you know, what's what's really going to be interesting is, is Marcus Freeman potentially going to have to make some decisions on some guys, you know, less than a year from now, based on what's going on at recruiting in some different areas? Yeah. Yep. I agree. I definitely agree with that. In terms of the blue chip, you know, like what, what do you think this ultimately means for Notre Dame? Kind of where they're sitting right now. I think, like I said, I think I think the the arrow is pointed in the right direction. I think the the numbers speak to that uh, for sure. I think that you know, Marcus Freeman knows how to recruit defense. I think there are arguably, and I, I you could very you could make the argument that there's a couple of coaches on the defensive side that need to up their game. I, and I'm not going to argue with that. I don't disagree with it. I think that the proof's in the pudding, and they need to land a couple of guys. There's there's just no doubt about it, right? And then you're going to have an elite defensive recruiting staff. Right now, your offensive recruiting staff is is doing great. Like they're they're hitting the ball out of the park continuously, and in the 25 class as well. Uh, you know the two guys that they've gotten so far, right? So you got one on offense and you got one on defense, I believe. And so I think things are headed in the right direction. I think you're going to see that percentage go up because you're talking about four and five star guys. Now, is Notre Dame going to haul in a bunch of five star guys? That, that's not realistic. That's that's just not realistic. Could they, you know, bring in a couple every year? Yeah, 
you're going to see the difference between Brian Kelly recruiting and Marcus Freeman recruiting is the threes and the fours. That's the difference to me. Yeah. The amount of three stars that Brian Kelly was bringing in, those are now four stars with Marcus Freeman. And the amount of four stars you were bringing in with Brian Kelly are now three stars for Freeman. That that Those numbers have shifted. Those numbers have flipped. And that's only going to help that percentage that we're talking about because fours and fives are considered that blue chip percentage. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a really great point. And again, you keep stacking the classes on top of each other. Pretty soon you're going to have a team that, you know, essentially like you can talk about coaching all you want and development and they're needed, obviously, in, in college football or any college sport. But you have to start with that that higher level. And that's what's ultimately going to make you uh, a team that can legitimately not just get into the playoff, because as we all know, starting next year, it's going to be easier to get into the playoff. But right. now, are you advancing in the playoff? Can Do you have a legitimate chance to win a national championship? Now, here's an interesting one, USMA 87. Biggest shift in recruiting will happen if they win big games, including playoff game slash national championship. What do you think about that? Oh, he's absolutely right. I mean, right now, the knock on Notre Dame is they can't win big games. I mean, or consistently win big games. And I don't disagree with that. And when you start doing that, and again, in this particular season, we put the blinders on, we're just looking at the 23 season. There's a lot of opportunities to make a lot of good waves in with this schedule, right? You've got three games in prime time that everybody's going to be watching, right? Ohio State, Clemson, you're, you're, you're going to see – Notre Dame front and center right then and there. Here we are. This is what we're going to do. Ohio State, Clemson, and uh, why am I – help me out here. What's the third one? Why am I – why was my brain – Clemson, Ohio working? State, USC. USC. Bleh. I forget <laughs> about them on purpose, I guess. It's so, only the one that play every year. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So they're going to have ample opportunity to show what they can do in prime time to everybody, right? You're going to have ample opportunity. So if Notre Dame goes out and wins, they make the playoff, they do all these things, the hype surrounding this team is going to be real. And that is only going to help you in recruiting. Notre Dame has recruited this way without winning big games. See, and that's, I guess that's, you know, like, does winning playoff games help? I'm sure it helps a little bit, but, you know, the way Marcus Freeman – the way he has recruited, and even like you go back before Marcus Freeman, just being—I think you can argue that just being in the playoff helps your recruiting. Like when you look at where they are right now, 2020 was obviously the last time they made the playoff, and and so now you're talking about what four going into the fifth recruiting cycle yeah. since then. And again, just look at the numbers that we've talked about. There's been a huge uptick in recruiting since then. So I think. You know, and then you have, of course, the complete aberration of after the bottom fell out in 2016, recruiting got better <laughs> right after that as well. So, like, right. what does that say? It's like mm -hmm. sometimes you just never. I think having better staff and prioritizing the right things and forging, I think we found nothing else out. The difference between one head coach and the last head coach is the way he goes about the relationships early in the yep. process. Yep. I don't think that that can be discounted at all with the head coach jumping yes. in there and developing the relationships early in the process cannot be discounted 
at all. 100% agree. I mean, that's you have a good foundation with Marcus Freeman and the staff that he's putting together. Are there still a few holes in the staff, maybe from a recruiting standpoint? Okay, again, I'm not going to argue that until we see a little bit more production, okay? But he's building a great foundation. If you add winning to that, are you kidding me? All Brian Kelly had was winning and consistent winning, but not winning the big games. That's what he had. And he would get to the the playoff or whatever. And then that would give a boon to recruiting and that whole thing. And that's fine. But now Marcus Freeman already has that foundation. And then you add winning to that. Good luck to anybody else. Good luck to anybody else recruiting against Notre Dame. If that's the case, because Marcus Freeman has a ton going for him right now. And then you add, Hey, by the way, we were in the playoff last year, you know, we were in the national championship game or whatever the case may be, he's going to be unstoppable on the recruiting trail. Yes. There are still going to be guys that he can't recruit. Welcome to being a Notre Dame fan. And if you have a problem with that, get over it or find a new team to root for. Find a new team. Yeah. I mean, Quinn makes a good point. He said, Texas hasn't won big games. Like when you talk about the recruiting aspect and it's very fair and like USC hasn't won big games either. And all of a sudden, a coach, Lincoln Riley, they they crept in there last year. They weren't they weren't above fifty percent in the blue chip ratio. They weren't in the top sixteen. They crept in there this year at fifty two percent. So they're starting to rise. And oh by the way, Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley's old team, is still very high in this. You know what's what's this? You know we 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 know what Brent Venables has done in the short hmm. term, kind of the way he's done his recruiting, but. You know, again, like to Quinn's point, Texas hasn't won big games. And I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, you know, NIL obviously plays a factor oh, sure. in, in a lot of this stuff now. And, but again, the coaching staffs and, and who's doing the recruiting plays a big factor as well. And Texas is also. Well, Texas is in really Texas. Good. I mean, I it's mean, Texas. That's, that's what it, I was getting ready and, to say. And yeah. their brand speaks for itself, just like Notre Dame's brand speaks for itself. But they're literally in the middle of a hotbed of recruiting for the entire country yes. in the state of Texas. I mean, they have they will always have that going for them, right? But they've always recruited well. When was the last time they were good? I mean, again, this this so this part of the argument is just because you recruit well doesn't mean you're a good football team. That's Texas. Now, I know there's some people's darling for this year and all this, and they they got the Manning kid and they got Ewers and blah, 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 blah. Well, let's see if that actually translates to winning. It might, but they've had good recruiting classes, if I'm not mistaken. Again, I am not posing as a recruiting expert, but they've always been able to pull in recruits at Texas. They're te- you know, Again, they're Texas. They're in the state right. of Texas, a talent-rich state. The last time that they were any kind of national powerhouse was when Vince Young was the quarterback. Right. It was a long time ago. It's why everyone keeps wanting to say Texas is back because they they see them. They know they're getting talent, but it it just hasn't been that well coached. So Absolutely. Right. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Stark is a good coach, and we'll we'll see what happens down there. Maybe this is the year that they can compete, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Mark says Clemson won titles without the best classes prior to those seasons. It can be done, but it requires better quarterback play than Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah, and that's our point. You know, they had Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. Notre Dame had Ian Book in that stretch. They had Deshaun Kaiser, both good college quarterbacks, but look at the difference. You know, Absolutely. Ian Book is is what number three at best in Philadelphia right now. Deshaun Kaiser 
out of the NFL. And in the meantime, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson are, you know, Trevor Lawrence has got that bullet behind his name after getting the Jaguars to the playoffs last year. And, you know, the whole Deshaun Watson situation, but he's going to be the starter from day one in Cleveland this year. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for the super chat. Connor says, happy end of the school year, Vince, and all the education folks. Even though I was at summer school today, Connor, I appreciate the super chat, and I I appreciate the the happy tidings, because it feels so good to go to school with shorts on. (laughs) A lot different, huh? Now, are you allowed to wear shorts at all during the regular school year? No. No. I gotta go Mr. Business Casual. Yeah. uh every day for me now luckily this isn't you know 20 years ago where i would have had to wear a shirt and tie every day don't have to go that route but uh it's not gym class attire like i used to wear so yeah well i guess here's my question because just what you said i think it was a good way to put it like marcus freeman has flipped the percentage of threes versus fours like when you look at right. where, Mark, where where brian kelly was but Five stars are still harder to come by. Sure. And what that looks like today, I think even looks different than it looked like three or four years ago because of NIL and all the stuff that we saw, you know, in this last recruiting cycle, especially. But my question is, do you think the Irish, you know, again, they'll get to the college football playoff. I'm very confident in that. After next year? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Are they yeah. are they truly a national championship contender though. Can they, can they win national championships if they're not getting the elite of the elite, you know, the five-star guys and especially, you know, getting a five-star quarterback and CJ Carr is, is on that. He'd be a five-star if he wasn't, if he wasn't committed to Notre Dame. Probably so. Yeah. Like if he were still out there free agent right now and hadn't committed yet to Notre Dame, he probably would be a five-star. Yeah, right. Exactly. But the bigger question, can they truly compete for the national championships if they're not able to land more five stars, do you think? Yes, they can because I, you know, but they still need to knock they need they still need to knock quarterback recruiting out of the park. I'm less concerned about five stars at other positions than I am at quarterback. Yeah. Y- you have to have the quarterback and it, it, that's really what it all comes down to. Somebody in the chat earlier said it and I completely agree. Notre Dame's had the talent to win a national championship. They just haven't had the quarterback play. Yeah. And that's a Again, fact. You put Trevor like you put Trevor Lawrence on 2020 Notre Dame. Um yeah. 2018 Notre Dame. You flipped the Absolutely. you know, you flipped the quarterbacks. Oh my I'm, gosh. I'm you flipped the quarterbacks. You flipped the quarterbacks in the Notre Dame Clemson playoff game. Clemson's Notre- not in the playoff with with Ian Book. Oh, not a now, chance. Maybe. I mean, they had. Some well, nice their, their schedule wasn't obviously. as hard as Notre Dame. So, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's that. But if you if you just flip the quarterbacks, was it 20? It was 2018, right? When they placed each other in the final four, right? 
Yeah. And it was neck and neck until Julian Love went out and then Trevor Lawrence made plays because Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. If you flip the quarterbacks in that game, it is a blowout. Notre Dame blows out Clemson in that game. No question in my mind. It's all about quarterback play. And Ian Book was never good enough to get you over the hump in the big games. He's a good, solid college quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. But that, and he overachieved from his recruiting ranking, right? He was a three star, I believe, coming out of the West Coast. Nobody really knew who he was, whatever. He overachieved. Notre Dame's all time winning his quarterback because they won the games they were supposed to win. Check mark to Brian Kelly. Good job. But they couldn't win the big games because Ian Book couldn't win those big games. He didn't have it up here. He had plenty right here. He didn't have it up here to win those big games. Trevor Lawrence did. That's why Trevor Lawrence is the foundation of a football NFL team. And Ian Book's already on his second team, has had one NFL start. It was embarrassing. And now he's a third stringer who doesn't dress. And it's nothing against Ian Book. I would love to be a clip holding quarterback, clipboard holding quarterback in the NFL. No, I would... it's all facts. It's all fa- you know, like his like where he is right now, the best that he can hope for is to yeah. be a number two and get another yes. opportunity at some point, you know, to prove that he can actually go out there and not be a guy who's a liability, you know, and not mm-hmm. lose a game for you and be a fill-in while your number one guy is out. I mean, that's honestly the best that he can hope for right right now that's just who he is i mean it doesn't we're not knocking the kid and who he is we're knocking we're we're just saying what he is as a football player just who he is everyone has a ceiling and everyone's ceiling is different that's just not everyone's a hall of famer not everyone's a starter some guys are lucky to get you know to the nfl some guys are lucky just to be on a division one roster some guys are lucky to be on a, you know, like a smaller school, NIIA, Division Three, Division Two, whatever it happens to be. Again, it's it's different for everybody. Not knocking it, but right. You, recruiting is what? Evaluation. All we're doing is giving our evaluation of, right. of what we see the guy as. And the bottom line is. is, and maybe this is a prop up to Brian Kelly. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Notre Dame has had the talent to win a national championship on multiple occasions over the last five years, let's say, maybe even more than that, six, seven years, they haven't had the quarterback to get them there. They just haven't. Now I believe you've got Sam Hartman at quarterback this year. He's a quarterback that can win you a national championship. He is. Will he? I don't know. But he's got the ability to do so with more talent around him. Absolutely. Kenny Minchie could be that kid. CJ Carr could be that kid. Now they, they're starting to stack quarterbacks on top of quarterbacks that can win you a national championship. We haven't been able to say that in a really long time at Notre Dame, Sean. And it feels good. Now, you and you surround them with a bunch of four stars, you can win. <laughs> Ryan Ow. says, tell me I'm about to stuff you in a locker. Boom! <laughs> Ouch. Brutal. Um. I just want to, you know, let's, let's everyone exhale. Namaste. Scott, (laughs) Scott, just don't type anything for like 30 seconds. Okay. You've been (laughs) pretty active tonight and and I appreciate your, your activity. You know, you've been, you've been rampant. I, I just pay attention here for a second though. 
I feel like you're at a point where you've like this question, you've kind of redeemed yourself a little bit. So like, if you leave it at this, right. If you leave it at this, we can, we can all walk around here, walk out of here going, okay, Scott, Scott turned it around. Do you agree, Vince? This is a great question. He's I think not wrong. so. Yeah, this, this is a great this question. Is, it's a good question. So again, I hope you're not typing anything right now because I'm not looking. It doesn't look like anything that well, new has come up he, in the he chat. He's responding to something somebody else said. Okay, just, just take a breath, Scott. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Let's talk it out. Is it easier to find a generational quarterback or recruit a top five class? See, this is a great question because I believe this is kind of like a chicken and the egg for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do, I guess, I don't know. I feel like if you have a generational quarterback, you're going to have a top five class. You know, so like what comes first, the top five class of the generational quarterback? Generational quarterback is going to come first because they're usually going to commit two years before signing day. And then you they build the class around them. So what's harder to do it's harder to build a top five class because that involves the entire class than finding a generational quarterback now how many generational what's your definition of a generational quarterback that's the other thing right so those don't come along very often they're called generational for a reason has there (laughs) been a generational quarterback since trevor lawrence has anybody had the the kind of pub that trevor lawrence has had while he was in college and then coming out of college since Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean you gotta remember like so. he would have been he would have been drafted number one after his freshman year if he could have yeah. been for the draft that year. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say so, no. Closest they don't come thing, around that often. Closest thing might be Caleb Williams, but again, his development is not at the same pace. Yeah, he's got way as, more flaws than Trevor, Trevor Lawrence had. Yeah. Right. I'm just I'm just I, I'm just Searching my brain for, yeah, I mean, it doesn't exist like post Trevor Lawrence, but that's also only been a couple of years, right? Yeah. So, well, which is true. But then, even then, before him, who was before him? Uh, Andrew Luck, maybe. But Andrew Luck was not the phenom that Trevor Lawrence was coming out of high school. He kind of became that, I guess, in college. And it was, remember, the Indianapolis was suck for luck and all that stuff. So, Right. He would be the next like no-brainer quarterback draftee, I guess. Um, but again, they don't come around that often. Is is the point that I'm trying to make? They don't come around that often. No, that's absolutely right. And I mean, just look at Notre Dame's history, and you know, really, what like do we consider Jimmy Clausen a generational quarterback? He was coming out of high school, right? But- he got like, his butt I mean, handed to him at Notre Dame and never really figured it out. For still had a good career, yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, because you know, because he ultimately didn't pan out in the NFL. Do we consider him generate? You know, like we're still talking just college, right? right. I mean, That's I guess my point is, you know, between Joe Montana and where we are right now, Jimmy Clausen's probably the closest thing to generational type. Yeah, type quarter like. Notre Dame is still trying to find that guy. So, like, yeah. I think that answers your question. You know, sure. Neither neither one is particularly easy, but like you said, the top five class is probably harder because I think that there is some luck that goes into 
the generational quarterback. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, it, could, that's a fact. it could very easily be someone who's already committed or signed right now, but you're not going to know until he gets here and, and see what he can do. Sure. Absolutely. Yep. Agreed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.